When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kickoff is presented by Tostitos. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by Tostitos. And it is Super Bowl week, guys, and we'll get you ready for all of it. NFL Live coming your way from Vegas today. Tomorrow, we head to Arizona after our show Zona. here for the rest of the week. And that's where we are from the outside, but on the inside, this is what it's looking like. Okay, so welcome everybody. Dan and Marcus are here, Mina as well. And later, the one player on the Chiefs offense whose patience matters most on Super Bowl Sunday, a touchscreen from Dan you don't want to miss. What? Do we qualify as a residency now, me and you? Oh, we've set it up. Yeah, Dan actually You've left You've been here one back. more day than <laughs> all of us. You're like, oh my gosh. That's a lot. All right, well, what would you guys, would you guys buy tickets to an NFL Live residency? I yeah, think everyone, were, everyone at home said yes. Okay, let's roll with Super Bowl arrivals. It's finally here. The Eagles and the Chiefs have arrived in Arizona ahead of the big game. I love seeing the off the plane That's swag. Sweet. Look at Andy Reid. He looks cool. All right, so this is all ahead of Super Bowl 57 in Sal Palantonio covering the Eagles all week. That's where we begin. Sal, you're our local Philadelphia historian. How does this Eagles team compare to Philly's Super Bowl teams of the past? I think this is the best Philadelphia Eagles team of all time. If this team wins the Super Bowl, they'll have 17 wins, Laura. They've never had 17 wins in their history, dating back, of course, to 1933 when the franchise started. So this will be record-wise number one. And then they led the league in sacks. So in my view, they have the best defense they've ever had. And then offensively, they've been just light out from start to finish. Remember, Jalen Hurts is 16-1. and one. Think about that for a second. He leads the NFL, all quarterbacks, in the regular season and the postseason by completing 72% of his passes from the pocket. And most important, his turnover ratio of 1.1%, I can't say this enough, is the best of any quarterback in the National Football League. And as we know, and you've got a lot of ex-players that you talk to, turnover margin is the number one indicator of who wins or loses in the NFL, especially in the Super Bowl. 56 Super Bowl winners, 38 of them won the turnover margin. 11 of them tied, and only seven ever won the game by losing the turnover battle. So mm. Jalen Hurts takes care of the football. He's the CEO of the team. And that's the difference, right, Laura, of this team and Eagles Super Bowl teams in the past. 2004 in Jacksonville, I covered that team inside and out. Andy Reid was in charge, soup to nuts, stem to stern, design and execution of the team. Donovan McNam was a great quarterback, but Andy Reid was the guy. And in 2017, Nick Foles was the backup. And Doug Peterson was the head coach. Here, Sirianni's a great head coach. But Jalen Hurts sets the tone on and off the field as a CEO of this team. That's the difference. That's why they're the greatest team in Eagles history, in my view. Yeah, Sal, when it goes back to even his college days, Jalen Hurts always taking care of the football. And listen, if Sal says it about yep. Philadelphia, 
it's real. Okay. Gospel. We'll be on this all week long, of course, and more from Sal as well as Diana Rossini a little bit later. He mentioned Andy Reid. That's another tie-in that adds a layer to this game. But his creativity as a play caller has been on full display this season with the Chiefs, especially when it comes to utilizing screen passes. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in QBR, completion percentage, and passing touchdowns on screens this season. However, this is going to be put to the test against an Eagles defense that has held opposing quarterbacks to the second lowest completion percentage on screens. Mina, why is the screen game going to be so important on Sunday? Oh, my goodness. It's of the utmost important for Kansas City for a couple of reasons. One, as you illustrated, they're really good at it. They've been good at it in the Mahomes-Reed era because of a few reasons, really. Andy Reid is one of the more brilliant screen game designers in NFL history. Their offensive line is tremendous at blocking in space, finding work. And then the quarterback. You know, we don't really think of quarterback play when we think about screens, but Patrick Mahomes is so good at using his eyes to manipulate defenders, waiting until the right moment, using his unique arm talent to get the ball to the running backs. And then the other reason why it's so important Laura, is because not only will it help the Chiefs negate negate the terrifying Eagles pass rush, um, it's one of the few areas where I think they have a matchup advantage. Look, the Eagles defense is good at just about everything when it comes to pass defense, defending different parts of the field, different types of receivers. But one of their very few weaknesses is defending passes to running Mm. backs where they're 24th in DVOA. I would not be surprised at all if Andy Reid gets the ball in the hands of Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco early, take a little pressure off the quarterback, get get the ball moving, and be efficient. Yeah, timing. That's why they're the best screen team in football. Their timing is spectacular. Now, everybody is part of their screen game. It's not just tailbacks and or receivers. Okay, so receiver up top, you have to go outside. Why? That makes the corner turn his back. He no longer has eyes on the football. Second process, Travis Kelsey. Never block a blitzer when you're going out for screen. He realizes, okay, you're a blitzer, don't touch you. Now I get to go out. Tailback, there's a blitzer off the edge, don't touch you. Now the interior of the offensive line, go flat down the line of scrimmage. Look at the back here. This is a three count. One, two, three. He peaks the offensive lineman. Orlando Brown's kicking out. Catch the ball. The offensive lineman peeked back. Now we can go downfield. Next clip is going to be from the AFC title game of last week. This is a two count screen. Watch how quickly this one happens. One, two. Back gets to his landmark. See those offensive linemen? Don't go downfield. Go flat to the line of scrimmage. Look back. Catch is made. Now we get out into space and make some of those blocks. And Mina, I thought you made a great point about Patrick Mahomes and his ability to make those screen passes. And I know we think they're easy. I'll never forget a moment when I was playing for Gary Kubiak and we called a screen pass. It was the perfect play call. And a def- I tried to get over the defensive lineman's hands yeah. and he just tipped it. Mm. And I didn't think it was a big deal. And we yeah. watched the tape and he was like, look at the and devastation the of the people on your team, the offense. Yeah. The offensive linemen were like this. Like, and he was like, Dan, you got to find a way to get that ball completed because it's a huge play yeah. for our offense. I'm not shocked that he had that conversation with you. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think this is this is about Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I'm sorry, Ron. I had to sorry, get Dan. It. You left it open. Uh, this is about the safeties yeah. for the Philadelphia Eagles because usually those are the guys that either have to avoid those offensive linemen or the ones that can identify the play from depth. And the one thing I thought about this um, when we were talking about this and listening to you and Mina. Darrell Williams became the most important offensive weapon in the first Super Bowl that the Kansas City Chiefs won against the San Francisco 49ers. Whether it be run game, 
or screen game or him in the passing game. Right. So I, I just I have to believe that Andy Reid not only is going to want to get Pacheco involved, obviously, like I like right. running backs to be involved, but to get him in space. And that incomes Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Maddox because usually your linebackers are caught up in the wash yeah. with, the, with the offensive linemen. The safeties will be called upon to not only tackle – but get there fast because Pacheco is a physical runner mm -hmm. now and tackling will be at a premium for both of those safeties. Dan has a touchscreen on Pacheco coming in just a little bit. But the reason why we are setting up our Vegas residency is because of the Pro Bowl where all the stars of the NFL gathered. Oh, Peyton. And Peyton Manning coaching the Peyton, AFC Peyton. team and Second best Eli coach. coaching the NFC. Let's see how the flag football would end up playing out. Gino was on fire yeah, early, Gino, Swagoo. Yeah. He was just his normal self. Like, we, what we watched all season long. Look at C.D. Lamb, man, with that catch. That, that Lamb, bigger, bigger than I thought he was physically. Yeah. He's put on some weight yeah. now. Okay, final seconds of the first half of flag football, 20-12 to 12 NFC. And Tyler Huntley ripping one over the middle to Devontae Adams. He laterals it Big to Tyreek. And Tyreek, actually, Jalen Ramsey, excuse me, forgot that we were playing flag football. Yeah, I was trying I'm to help Tyreek up. I was yeah. hoping he wasn't hurt over <laughs> there on the right timeline. My man Jalen says he is too little for me. I said, okay, that's how it's going. Look at Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward said, let me pick that man up. Okay, uh, later in the second half, we got a little brother-on-brother -brother action here. Stephon Diggs trying to throw it, but then his brother, Trayvon, ends up intercepting him. They, they were still talking smack even after that happened. Yeah. Steph so said he was Steph just following the script. Following the script. This was so cool to see them against each other, though. Yeah. I know it wasn't a real game, but it was fun to hear them talking to each other. Here are the Mannings. Weird, like that. The last play, like uh, we can't run it. I was like, you gotta just take a sack. Four consecutive like, yeah, take a sack. I might get the ball back. Four pass, don't score. I'm a little emotional. I'm not gonna lie. Just be beating Peyton, beating Peyton in, a, in this game, and watching Pete just getting sprayed over here with toilet paper. It's a lot going on. It's a lot to take. There's a lot of emotions going on right now. Dude, this hilarious. I don't even know what was happening there. Uh, we were getting blasted. All right, so that was that, but also this. Speaking of the Pro Bowl, new on NFL Live, seven-time Pro Bowler A.J. Green made it Instagram official today. He's calling it a career oh, after wow. 11 seasons in the NFL. Congratulations to A.J. Green on an excellent career. Phenomenal. We are just getting started on NFL Live with Sean Payton back in the saddle. Will the Broncos be contenders in the near future? Mina tells us what changes still need to be made to make that a possibility. You'll hear some of his introductory press conference. Plus, the Cowboys hired Brian Schottenheimer to replace Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. Hear what Marcus thinks. He'll decide whether or not this was a smart hire. That's all next. NFL Live is presented by Tostitos. Don't forget the chips. Bring on the chips. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NFL Live, presented by Tostitos. And I have appreciation for so many people that are so committed every day to showing up to put their max effort into their life and their career. And I think for me, I want to be great at what I do. And even, you know, talking even last week with the people at Fox Sports, you know, and, and the leadership there allowing me to start, you know, my Fox opportunity in, in the fall of 2024 is something that's great for me. So take some time to really learn, become great at what I want to do, become great at, um, you know, thinking about the opportunity and making sure I don't rush into anything. So Brady's been retired for less than a week. He's already coming for our jobs in the business. Thanks a lot, Tom. Well, he was going to get it anyway. <laughs> we get paid true. the same amount as him, though. Yeah, what? We, very, very, oh, very yeah, we comparable do. salary. Lateral what? salary. Okay. Pay. Same commas. Anyway, let's get to some coaching news. Sean Payton was introduced as the head coach of the Broncos today. Uh, plenty of the conversation revolved around the offense and Russell Wilson, as you might imagine. Here's more from Payton's introductory press conference. Obviously, it wasn't the type of season he had wanted to have. Um, I do feel, feel like the last couple of weeks, we saw a little bit more of maybe what we were expecting or accustomed to. I, I think the number one job for us as coaches is in, in evaluating our players, what are the things that they do really well? Um, and then let's try to uh, put them in those positions. This is, here's what I know. I know he's a hard worker. I know he's an extremely hard worker. Um, that's important. And then you go from there. Did the orange tie mean anything on Fox? It did. It did. Oh, Adam, you kind of thought that orange tie meant something. You told us about that last week. Yeah, Laura, he wore that orange tie uh, in his last appearance on Fox on purpose. He wanted to send a message to Broncos ownership, knowing that they had the parameters of an agreement in place between those two sides to essentially say to them, I'm excited about coming to Denver. And now that he's in Denver, I think his first main job will be to find a defensive coordinator. They allowed Ajiro Averro, their defensive coordinator, to talk to other teams, and he decided to take the defensive coordinator's job with the Carolina Panthers. Sean Payton did speak with Vic Fangio, but Vic Fangio is going to go to Miami, has an agreement to join the Dolphins coaching staff after the Super Bowl, and Sean Payton will begin interviews for his new defensive coordinator, tomorrow now that he's arrived in Denver address some of those issues he did talk about the coaches he did say to reporters today that Russell Wilson would not be allowed to have his own coaches in the building on staff that it will be the coaches that he hires that he has on staff that do the instructing this year in Denver setting a tone from the outset Sean Payton doing that today taking over as the Broncos head coach in his orange tie yeah, Adam, that makes me wonder, what does your no-tie mean? <laughs> My no-tag? Your no-tie. You got no-tie since we're sending tie messages. Well, it says that we are here to enjoy a nice, casual week in Arizona. Well, that's what it says. <laughs> oh, we'll be there soon with you, Shefty. Thanks so much. And Shefty brought up the interesting point, Meanwhile, too, that we heard like today. Yeah, well, you do. Uh, about the no coach thing, the no private coach thing for Russell Wilson. That's intriguing. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball, Dan. Do you like the fit of Peyton's scheme with this roster that the Broncos currently have? I do, and just hearing Sean Payton just talk right now, he said, I got to find out the things that they do really well and put them in those situations. If I asked everybody watching, if I asked, like, if you know football really well or not, what does Russell Wilson do really well? 
play action deep ball. Okay, so I, I think right there that tells you Sean's got a great understanding. That might sound simple, but so often coaches don't do that. And then the two names that keep coming to mind when I think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are going to be Greg Dolchik, their second-year tight end out of UCLA, yeah. and Jerry Judy. Hmm. I said this last week, like this is going to be so much more of a matchup-based offense rather than a progression just call to play no matter the coverage, one, two, to three. So Dolchich is going to be a big move piece. If everyone remembers like a Jimmy Graham type of player back in New Orleans where you got a ton of information, you flex them out, you move them around. And then Judy, Sean Payne has always had a receiver that was a premier elite route runner. Lance Moore, Michael Thomas, even as a number one guy. Great route runners that, again, he would move around and create matchups for those guys. That didn't really happen a lot in Denver last year. I think that's going to be one of the fundamental differences for mm. Russ under Sean Payton. And the, to compound on what you said, Dio, the, the ability to bring out what these guys have in them, but in the right situations. The other thing about a coach's job is to put you in a position to be successful. And we talked all year long about how bad it looked and how out of sync Russ looked with the talent. Remember, we were two years removed from talking about this team being a quarterback away from having a chance yeah. to win a yeah. Super Bowl, sure. as good as that defense was. I'm going to be squarely set on Javante Williams when he comes back off of injury. Mm -hmm. I think about Alvin Kamara and how he was used in that Saints offense as a pass, pass catcher. catcher. He point. was more devastating as a pass catcher. We know he can run between the tackles, but as a pass catcher, his athleticism offered another piece to that offense that really made them hard to guard, and you didn't have to run, yeah. obviously, your quarterback, who was Drew Brees. So Sean has figured out a way um, to find those matchups, but he's also figured out a way to use guys kind of unconventionally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and their skill set. So I look forward to seeing how you'll use that guy oh, in the backfield. I wonder who's going to be Taysom Hill. I guess we'll find out. I All right, know, right, Mina, on the That's defensive side of things, what kind of coordinator do you want to see in place for the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, we should start here. Losing Ajiro Evero is a huge mm. loss. There's a reason why he was so desired as a defensive coordinator, why Panthers fans are so excited right now. Through the first half of the season, before the Broncos traded Bradley Chubb away, they had the second-best defense in football in terms of EPA per play. I thought he did a terrific job getting the most out of that talent. So for Denver, I think there's a couple of questions right now. Do you want the same scheme? Giro Evero is from the Fangio tree, which is more of those light boxes, zone defense, not a very blitz-heavy defense. I thought that was a pretty good fit for the personnel they had, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's some continuity there. And then from a talent perspective, uh, there are additions to be made on that side of the ball. Draymond Jones is a free agent. I think the defensive line could use some bolstering, some some heft, and then the pass rush too, you know, having lost Bradley Chubb is an area that I wouldn't be surprised if they attack, but I still expect this to be a very good defense. You had something? No, I was just thinking about the personnel when Mina said uh, Ibero went over to Carolina. Yeah. That personnel is built Sean well. Desai. Oh, it's great. Right. Sean Desai, Mina? Great. Yeah, on yeah. Desai? It's a good suggestion. Another Fangio tree. Yeah, mm -hmm. coach who's reportedly been interviewing with the Broncos. It's an interesting choice. And by the way, I will say, Evero going to the Panthers. Carolina got a great one. Up next, it's finally Super Bowl week. There'll be stars all over the field on Sunday. See who Marcus believes is the only player that can keep the Chiefs in the game. It may surprise you. It's all coming your way next on NFL Live. Live, Live from Las Vegas. From the Himalayas. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. To kick off is presented by Tostitos. Kick off your Super Bowl Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a special four-hour NFL countdown live sets in Old Town Scottsdale and inside State Farm Stadium. And after the game, we'll have NFL primetime with Chris Berman, Steve Young, and Booger McFarland live from the field with all the highlights and post-game interviews. Don't miss that. We're back here on NFL Live. Some top stories right now. For that, we bring in Adam Schefter from the Super Bowl. Adam, six days away from Super Bowl 57, and two teams still don't have head coaches in place. Let's start in Indianapolis. What do we know there? Well, they spent Saturday meeting with the Eagles offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, about the Indianapolis head coaching job. Now, Indianapolis has spoken to about seven or eight different candidates for that second job interview. And Shane Steichen, I think, has made an impression there. So as the Eagles offensive coordinator gets ready for the Super Bowl, he's also talking to the Colts. Meanwhile, the Arizona Cardinals are down to three finalists for their head coaching job. The Bengals defensive coordinator, Lou Anaromo, the Giants offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, and the Steelers inside linebackers coach, Brian Flores, Arizona, would like to bring its search to a conclusion soon. And meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys hire Brian Schottenheimer as their offensive coordinator. Brian Schottenheimer was working with the staff this year, but Mike McCarthy has taken over the play calling duties from Kellen Moore, who took the offensive coordinator's job with the Chargers, and they've promoted Schottenheimer to help run the meetings and install the offense. And obviously, Brian Schottenheimer happy to be back again as an offensive coordinator, Laura. I love it. Adam, you're powering through a disco party in there. Uh, more from Adam all week long, of course, on NFL Live and across ESPN. <laughs> he, he meant it. It was a casual week there for all of us. Do hard better. <laughs> we appreciate Adam. All right, Mina. Schottenheimer spent a couple of years in, in Seattle. What do we learn yeah. about him from his time there? Well, you know, I, I think there's some wariness on the part of Cowboys fans because they remember that 2019 wildcard game where Seattle just kept running into a brick wall. I was very frustrated watching the Seahawks. Uh, but I'll say this, you know, playing for a defensive-minded head coach who very much so loved to run the football then, I, I'm not sure how much of that is directly a reflection on Schottenheimer. I'll also add, in 2018 and 2019, 
Seattle had the eighth and then fifth most efficient offense in football. Uh, they were very successful uh, during the early part of his tenure with Russell Wilson. So, you know, he does have some track record of success. Uh, I do still, however, expect the offense with him to be fairly run-heavy, big emphasis on play action. Yeah. But ultimately, I, I think we all know this is Mike McCarthy's show right now, so mm -hmm. there's probably a limit to the influence that Schottenheimer will have. Yeah, shout-out to Shefty. Like Carol Lawson said, do hard better. Um, I, I like this for the Cowboys. I said two weeks ago, like, if they don't hire an offensive coordinator, you might as well fire yourself. I think two things that Brian Schottenheimer, Schottenheimer will bring. One – a little bit more of the inside zone run game. That is so much easier for Dak, in my eyes, to build the play action off of rather than a little bit more of the outside zone. Shotty's always been more of an inside zone guy. And the second thing, and this is the most meaningful, stopping the standstill passing game. Oh, so often it was stop routes, hook routes, curl routes, hitch routes for the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to see way more of a passing game that keeps receivers on the move. The challenge for Dak is to match that accuracy and ball placement with that. But that offense pass game was stagnant both literally and metaphorically. And I think Shoddy coming along, a little bit more of the movement-based passing game is going to be a good thing for them. I yes, think two, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Two things need to be the focus, man. One, the personnel. All right, you got some issues in your backfield. Tony Pollard, free, free agent, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you got to try to figure out what Zeke is. Like, is Zeke really impacting this team the way that you want him to worth the money uh, and, thing. well it's I'm, I'm sure Zeke has the understanding that he's gonna have to renegotiate some money if he's gonna stay in Dallas and the other part is when you think about Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, and then Mike McCarthy has brought Brian Schottenheimer up will this be in unison or will this be Mike McCarthy dictating to Brian Schottenheimer mm -hmm. what actually needs to happen on the field I think you do this in tandem and obviously, he's been within that building, so there's some type of working relationship. But to your point, Dan, like, I agree with all of that. The thing that I was most frustrated about last year, Dak standing in the center of the pocket, I said it a thousand times. And the other thing is, they got to get better personnel. Dallas yeah. is not right. – they do not have enough firepower offensively to compete in this in this league You're to win a like Super Bowl. second – Or third receiver. You think and they need a legit two? I, they need Outside a legit – They yeah. need a legit two, 100%. but they also don't – you don't know what their backfield is going to be. Right, because you don't know about Pollard, and we got to right. see what Zeke does. All right, so Dak threw 15 interceptions, tied for the most in the NFL. If you're Brian Schottenheimer, what's the first thing that you do with Dak to try to get him corrected? I don't harp on the interceptions. I, I just think it was a bad year for Dak Prescott. I, I don't believe that's who he is. I think that you sit down and watch some of them and say, hey, you walk me through this, talk me through this. What was kind of going through your mind? But this is not a pattern of behavior for Dak Prescott in his career. I think you sit down one time. You talk about it. You have a really good long meeting, conversation, four, five, six hours, however long, and then you move past it. That's not who Dak Prescott is. Well, it's a long meeting, but... <laughs> But you figure it out. You know, Dak no, had so interceptions last year off basic plays. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that's who he is. I agree. I like that you say it's probably an aberration. All right, to another quarterback. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. He's been busy golfing, guys. He's at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He's there with Ben Silverman. That's who he's paired with. And he had the lead. They both had the lead going into the 17th hole. Rodgers putting for birdie and hits it with a soft cut. Can't go in if you don't hit it to the hole, boys. Ah, that's what they say. Uh, 18th hole now. Silverman needs to sink it. Short putt. He makes it. And Rodgers and Silverman win the program. Holding on to the one-stroke lead, he's asked about his future. I'm just going to say that the uh, predominant uh, team that we hear as we're walking is Raiders. 
a lot of a lot of Raider fans <laughs> are encouraging me. A lot of Devonte misses you comments. Uh -huh. So we're having some fun with it. Have you started recruiting Aaron Rodgers to be the new Raiders uh, quarterback? Duh. <laughs> why, why would why would anybody not do that? I mean, 100%. That's my guy, obviously, and wishful thinking, but we'll see what happens. What's your best recruiting pitch? Uh, that I'm here. <laughs> Come here and be with me. That's what I say to like, Yeah, but Devontae, you know, he's been leaning into that a little bit. We saw a little bit of that in he being out here at the Pro Bowl. Vegas, man. You, think, you don't, you don't think any chance Rodgers comes to Vegas? I don't think so, no. What do you I think? I don't think so. I think they need a young player. No? He don't care. Well, he I'm wants trying to, to ask. Go. Mina, what do you think? Well, yeah, I know you. Rodgers to Vegas? If, if I was Aaron Rodgers and I wanted to get closer to winning the Super Bowl, I would join the Jets, not the Raiders. Oh, there we go. Yep, I, I know. Agree. That's Best it. Chance to win. You got to take the old line in consideration in all this, too, which is a big piece or of all. Or Tampa. Or Tampa. You love that one. You put Derek Carr there, too. Mm -hmm. All right, still to come. With the combine dollars. fast approaching, Matt Miller has released his predictions for the 2023 draft. We'll talk about it and see where Dan ranks the quarterbacks in this draft class next. It's a fascinating class. You're watching NFL Live, presented by Tostitos. Flats are school. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. James Harris was the first African-American quarterback to begin an NFL season as a starter. In 1969, he was drafted by the Buffalo Bills and was seventh on the depth chart to open training camp. But by the beginning of that season, he was named the starter and in 1974 was selected to the Pro Bowl. Good news for you. The Super Bowl doesn't mean the end of football in your life this winter. The XFL season kicks off in two weeks. A matchup between the Vegas Vipers and Orlando Guardians gets us going Saturday, February 18th at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on ABC, and then three more games over the weekend on ESPN and FX with every game available on ESPN+. Plus. Don't miss it. The NFL Draft is less than three months away. Let's take a look at the latest mock draft from ESPN Draft Analyst Matt Miller. It starts off with a trade as the Colts make a deal with the Bears to jump from fourth to first in the draft order and select Bryce Young going up to get him. 
Another quarterback goes off the board with the next pick, but it's not C.J. Stroud as Matt has the Texans taken Will Levis. Dan, what will be intriguing about Levis during this draft process that could land him that far up on people's board? Potential, and, and that's really the difference between a Levis and a Stroud. Potential versus production. Is Will Levis going to be the next Zach Wilson, who's this physical freak? He can make all these crazy throws, and the arm talent just pops off, or is he going to be Josh Allen? That is that physical, talented guy that actually transcends to becoming a quarterback. That's going to be where everyone's going to split on Will Levis. I'm going to be fascinated to pay attention and dive into these How guys. How big is he, Dan? He's 6'2", 230, I think. But this is what you're going to see. The ball, when it comes off his hands, I mean, it yeah. spins, okay. dude. It okay. spins. Yeah. That's what people are going to fall in love with. I don't think he can juggle like you, though. All right, let's stay with quarterbacks. <laughs> C.J. Stroud from Ohio State dropped to the ninth pick. Match mock going to the Panthers. Over the last two seasons, Stroud led the nation in QBR, passing touchdowns and yards per dropback. This is a little low for my taste for Stroud, Mina, but does <laughs> Stroud to Carolina make sense to you at nine? It does. I really like this for them for a couple of reasons. Two early thoughts on Stroud. Dan alluded to his production. He has probably the highest floor of these quarterbacks. And I actually think Carolina is in win-now mode because of their roster, the coaching staff they're putting together, and then playing in the NFC South. So he can come in and start right away. That improves him. The other thing is uh, a ding on him is how he handles pressure. We'll see if that was, you know, the Georgia game was for real. I think this Panthers offensive line, however, has improved a great deal over the last season. So it would be a good landing spot for Stroud as well to get used to playing in the NFL. All right, meaning you convinced me. So the first defensive player off the board in Matt's mock is Alabama's Will Anderson Jr., who goes to the Cardinals with the third pick, one slot ahead of Georgia's Jalen Carter. Now, Anderson racked up 34 and a half sacks over the last three seasons, by far the most in the FBS. Carter did his work on the interior as he led the nation in QB pressure rate from the three-technique alignment. Marcus, what do you like about Anderson, though, and the respect he's getting in Matt's mock? I like it. I like position flexibility. Uh, a lot of people paid attention to the production this year, but in the NFL, usually the guy that's lined up opposite of you demands and commands a lot of attention as well. I think Will Anderson is a home run, probably one of the surest picks in this draft for what we need in the NFL now when you talk about getting after the passer from the outside, even if you want to drop him in coverage. He had some interceptions in his bag as well throughout his college career. I think this is a home run. We were talking about him being the best player coming yeah. out of college and, and was a phenomenal pass rusher. They pay premiums for that. Don't make this harder. No slight against Jalen Carter, no. but don't forget about Will Anderson Jr. Okay, up next, we head back to the Pro Bowl where Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey was asked if he did any recruiting out in Vegas this week. His response, every time I try, I'm met with, are y'all going to pay Lamar? <laughs> Marcus, how aware are free agents of how star players are treated? Oh, very aware. I mean, look, the Ra first of all, let me say this. The Ravens front office and organization has good good uh, rapport, good – they're talked about as one of the best in the game yeah. when it comes to contracts getting done, keeping and retaining their own players. We know that this is a quarterback position that's going to be different. It's nuanced. It's a lot of things that come attached to having that type of money be paid out. The other part is this, though. Players in this league respect Lamar Jackson yeah, and yeah. what he's done for this organization. The reason why we get the type of response we get when we're in public and we see players, because we say a lot of what they're thinking, yeah. right? That's the two-way man. That's what these guys say. You a little bit and, more than me. And, and, the, <laughs> and the bottom line is Fact. this. The bottom line is this. When you've seen what Lamar Jackson has done for this franchise and organization, 
the relationships that he has throughout this league and the respect that these dudes have, for them it's a simple question. Why haven't they paid you yet? Mm. Yeah. Right? And that's a that, real one. Yeah, that permeates throughout the rest of the league. So, yeah, I think free agents, and if you're a wide receiver, you're paying attention to it anyway, right? Totally. Type of offense, is Lamar going to be there? But I think, it's, I think it's a real thing when other guys are thinking about coming there. Yeah, I, I just go to the football side of this, which is not too different from what I said when we in Tampa talked about, you know, what, what the Ravens would do without Lamar Jackson. I don't really think they have any other options. At yeah. quarterback, it's very hard for me to envision this offense, the way it's built, uh, their situation in terms of draft picks, cap space, all of that, moving on from him and being a competitive football team. And that is something that also would be on the minds of potential free agents playing in the offense in particular. If you're looking at the Ravens and your future there wouldn't be tied to Lamar Jackson, you would be seriously questioning, well, what is it going to look like then? We don't mm. even know what this offense mm. is going to look like. Yeah, March 7 and March 15 are the two key dates for me. March 7 is the date that the Ravens have to franchise tag Lamar Jackson by, and I think the tag is $32.4 million. And then March 15th starts for agency. You guys just both talked about some of the receiver issues. Imagine if you're a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster or you're a guy like Jacoby Myers, who are both free agents. T. Higgins. Right? T. Higgins, who might get traded. Might we'll get see, traded. but, like, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see if he stays. Like, guys who are free agents sitting there going, well, I'm not going to go to Baltimore if they don't re-sign Lamar Jackson. What about Alan Lazard? Because I think Lazard yeah. is a perfect fit Big. for their offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, in this offense, no matter who the coordinator is, quarterback run is going to be a part of it. And so receiver has to be willing to do that. He's one of the, if not the best blocking receivers in the league. Alan Lazard, by March 15th, he's got to know, is, La is Lamar Jackson going to be here or not? Yeah. Not only for 2023, but if you're a receiver, are you signing a four-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens if you believe that there's a chance Lamar's only there for one? I mean, bro, we sitting in the city right now that got a wide receiver because they didn't know he didn't know what was happening with his quarterback in Green Bay. And now he's in. And now he wants to stay, though. I mean, I think he wants to stay. I would say Devontae Adams. No, I think totally. But it's still you're sitting there. If you're Devontae, you're going into year ten of your career. You're saying, where's my quarterback? Correct. You're sitting there with a great unknown at the most important position. Well, it's interesting because you said this about March seventh. Here's the timeline guys we are a month away from the clock starting on the franchise tag and right. all that and the deadline and free agency comes up right after that you think about it okay it's the Super Bowl and then we've kind of got a couple weeks then the combine happens where a lot of league people gather that's like yeah. the first week of March yeah. Yeah. this has to happen quickly right I, I mean think, we, I think we got to do our fans a service as well because I I know we talk about a lot of star players and we talk about dudes that have longevities mm -hmm. in their careers and things like that I want everybody at home to know these windows close fast. Oh, now. totally. Right. Like, I know we're talking about Lamar and how much time you may have perceivably, but these receivers, to your point, and yeah. these people, they're looking at now. Yeah. yeah. You know what I I'm just saying? don't think the Ravens are going to catch those three or four other teams without adding a big-time playmaking receiver, and you're not going to do that unless you have the Lamar situation settled. And, yeah, you got to hold on to Lamar, as we're saying. Okay, after the break, we're getting back to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco has emerged as a key factor in Kansas City's offensive success. Dan goes to the touchscreen to show us just how impactful his patience can be. NFL Live is presented by Tostitos. Don't forget the chips. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved it. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Don't forget the chips is brought to you by Tostitos. Get you them chips. Scoopy. Get them. Let's get back to Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs have arrived in Arizona. Look at the flag flying out the plane there. Andy Reid getting off the plane. Uh, Patrick Mahomes told us week 18 that he was laser focused on getting back to the Super Bowl and would appreciate it more than the last time because now he knows the pain of missing out. And now we bring in Diana from that disco party that Adam Schefter was in a little bit earlier (laughs) on. Diana, how are the Chiefs treating their preparation this week heading into the Super Bowl? Yeah, this place is basically an extension of Las Vegas where you guys basically live these days. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little quiet now, but things are about to get wild here because it's opening night. It's media night. It hasn't really been like this since, you know, pre-COVID, which, you know, you guys know it's always a little wild. And we haven't heard from Travis Kelsey since he brought back the word jabroni. So we're going to hear from him tonight, and you know he's going to leave some lasting impressions on Chiefs fans And, you know, guys, the theme this past week has really been normalcy, and that starts from head coach Andy Reid. He really wants these guys to push out the distractions and try to keep things as normal as possible. In fact, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, he's a journaler, okay? So he keeps thoughts throughout the season, and he went back to his journals from that 2020 Super Bowl and just took a look at the things that they did well, the things that they struggled with, and shared that with the coaching staff to just make sure Every little detail is taken care of for their preparations. And speaking of preparations, the Kansas City Chiefs had their hotel basically transformed into the Kansas City Chiefs practice facilities. So the coaching offices, the meeting rooms, all look like the way, the way they do in Kansas City. The theme here, normalcy. That's what they're trying to achieve here as they get ready to face the Eagles in just a few days. All right, Diana, reporting on the Chiefs all week long. Thanks for being with us here. Let's get to Chiefs rookie Isaiah Pacheco. He's burst onto the scene after being a seventh-round pick in last year's draft. He's averaged 5.4 yards per touch this season, the fifth-highest rate in the NFL among running backs, trailing only Tony Pollard, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Etienne, and Aaron Jones. Dan, what stands out to you about Pacheco? Uh, Patience. Sometimes the lack thereof. His greatest strength, how hard he runs, sometimes becomes his greatest weakness. A couple clips of talking and distributing or showing what patience looks like or the lack thereof, and sometimes it hurts. So this is going to be a zone insert scheme for their offense, okay? Offensive line is going to push this way, and then this guy is going to insert on that linebacker. Now, I want everyone to pay attention to what Pacheco doing right here. Now, as that linebacker flows that way and the backside safety flows in backside, you're going to have two options with just a little bit more patience if you're Pacheco to bounce this football. There's a gashing hole that you can get outside, and then if you just want to hug, hug, and cut back, you're going to see the safety fall in. But he runs so hard and so physical sometimes, he ducks his head in there and really just tackles himself with the offensive line for like a one or two yard gain. A little bit of a lack of patience there. Another clip, again, the zone scheme out of the gun, which is such a big part of their offense. The offensive 
offensive line is going to push, and we're going to get a split flow that the Chiefs love to run. Another option for the split flow. Watch. This offensive line pushes that way, and the backside tight end is going to come all the way across and cut off as the offensive line is pushing on their blocks. Lack of patience a little bit by Pacheco here. See that option right there? Now look at the hats. There's that backside tight end. That tackle, there's a gashing hole. If he just presses to the line of scrimmage and cuts right in between those two blocks, again, for a big run. But the lack of patience, you essentially tackle yourself by just being so committed to running hard. Again, that's his greatest strength, sometimes a weakness. Now we have an option to show when he does display a little bit of patience. This time they're going to pull the backside tackle. Backside tackle is going to pull and be a great lead blocker, okay? Backside tackle pulls. Offensive line is going to push this way. Now we get to see when Pacheco does have a little bit of patience. Watch. Get the ball nice and deep. See how deep he is from the line of scrimmage now? Let the blocks play themselves out. Patience, patience, patience. Press, press, press. Now you're going to see the cut right into that hole right here for the offensive line. And for Pacheco, do a beautiful job getting into the line of scrimmage. He turns a two-yard run into a seven-yard run. Last time, he turned maybe 10, 12-yard runs into two-yard runs. The patience that he has to have, the discipline that he has to have Sunday is going to be the difference between maybe 120, 25 yards rushing the football and 90. And that could be the difference in the game. Yeah, it's interesting because the chief staff said it's almost more of a mental thing for him. Like, he wants to just burst out. It's and a it, you, problem, <laughs> I guess, is, you know? Right? Um, all right, so, Mina, we talked about the patience that Dan just preached there. What do you like most about Isaiah Pacheco? You know, I hear you, Dan, on him being kind of that north-south runner who really, really wants to get physical. But when it does hit, when he does see daylight, ooh, buddy, his yep. explosiveness <laughs> yep. is something to be reckoned with. And it's going to be really important in this game. Um, so Isaiah Pacheco was fifth in the NFL in yards per carry between the tackles. And while the Eagles' run defense did improve as the season went on with uh, the additions in particular of Linval Joseph, Dominican Su, Jordan, Jordan uh, Davis coming back, that is still an area of weakness for them. They are still a bottom 10 team at stopping runs between the tackles. I, I do think if they come out in those five-man fronts we've been seeing lately, you saw a ton of in the San Francisco game, probably because they were expecting them to run a lot of outside zone. Wouldn't be surprised if we see these Chiefs offensive line, mm -hmm. linemen pulling. And if that happens, it's going to be incumbent upon Pacheco. See daylight, get north-south, find the gap, and then turn them into some explosives. Gather yourselves uh -oh. right now. <laughs> I think he's the most important player in this game, Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's the okay. most important pay player Outside for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, well, I mean, come on now. Like, we, Outside of quarterback. We don't want to be. Yeah, we don't want to. I, I exclude those guys when I'm talking about. They don't count. Because of not only what you guys just mentioned, but we know in order to in order to have success against the Philadelphia Eagles, as we've seen this season in their losses, you have to be able to run the football, but your back has to be heavily involved. It was Tony Pollard with the Dallas Cowboys yep. opening up things downfield. It was some of Zeke physicality mm -hmm. in the interior of the line of scrimmage as well. When Philly has had problems, it's been because teams have not only been able to possess the football, yep. but they've been able to hit explosives in the run game. Yep. Pacheco is a 4-3 guy. He has the ability He's to be explosive if Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy trust it. This is the RPO Super Bowl, the run-pass option Super Bowl to me. Really I mean, is. both teams do it. <laughs> Philly probably does it a little bit better. Yep. I think it'll be fascinating to watch if the Kansas City Chiefs do it. And Mina and I were texting about this before. If Patrick will actually give it, 
Huh. Is he going to do it? I think yeah, he will. Well, we'll find out. Have to be a lot of it has to do with whether he decides to or not. All right, time for one more thing before we go. Dan, get ready for your hand close-up here. Dan had a little manicure at home with his daughter, the goat, Lenny. Oh, and then that. he wore the nail polish on the airplane back here. <laughs> pink and sparkly. It's an early flight, man. That's 3.30 wake up getting a Newark airport. The, the headline here is Dan's a great girl, Dad, as is Marcus. Yep. Um, and as is my husband, Josh, at home. Yep, but Josh. Did, but, but do you? You still have it on. What happened to it? Lenny, I took it off, but I did, no. wear, I did wear it today, bub. Put, put up your hands. Let's let no, people I see. Took it off. I took the it off. How did they you take it off, Dan? Amazing. I, you got you me nail polish remover. She did a phenomenal I, job. I, I got him nail polish remover. I just want Hey, real quick, shout out yeah. to Tostitos, but we only dip in what? I like guacamole. Oh, guacamole. <laughs> we agree Rotel. about something. I'm from Louisiana. Rotel. Mina? Cheese and beef. Mina? Salsa. Bye. I can't bye. Hear you. <laughs>